All right. Count us down. <clears throat> Prepare for domination of the future of technocation. Today. <laughs> Jeremy, you see I put little drums behind your bullshit? So per usual, and not even per usual, this is more like what I've been doing for the past couple of episodes because it's been really fun for me. Good. Good. I have written another poem. Oh my God. Jeremy, no. <laughs> Don't do this to these people. <laughs> I have written another poem to help to help bring in the spirits. Okay. 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 I'm here for it. Y'all ready? This one is an acrostic poem. An acrostic poem? Yeah. Is that one where it's like it's dream and then you there's something for D is for <laughs> 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 You're a fucking fool, but I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Today's acrostic poem <clears throat> is Lost. Lost as in losing overall sense of time. Okay. I'm, I think I'm here for acrostic poems, Treasure. They're very short. I'm glad you want to take us on the whole rigmarole. You know, to the point, and it really, really, really nailed in how I was feeling. So lost, losing, overall, sense of time. One time I read that your sense of time changes as you get older, and that for small children, um, they're a lot more present and their their like their perception of their first like five, ten years of their life is like longer on a graph. And then as they get older, it like exponentially decreases. So it's like very few years, like it seems like they just fly by. You know what? I can believe that because I feel like I, re I remember growing up thinking that childhood was so long. And it feels so far ago, far long ago. Sense of time is sense of time is strange. So the reason that I wrote this poem about being lost and losing track of time is recently I've been getting a lot of emails from folks that have, you know, viewed my portfolio and wanted to reach out asking me how I developed my own personal brand and however that stuff is. And some in particular have asked me, is the is the Jeremy I portray? on my you know site and on my digital work the same jeremy in in person because you know like i was like the portfolio is crafted in a way to present me the highest light so if you think that's me i'm not about to show you the real me but then i got to thinking is that the real me like is there any separation between myself as a designer and myself as my own you know personal how i go throughout my day and something that really hit me is, am I losing like my grip on who I am as a person? Because it's all becoming like this one amalgamous mess of just like, this is Jeremy, he's a designer, but he's also this person and he's black and he's this and he's that and he's the third, but it's like no separation in between the two. 
And the reason I say this is because I'm, I feel like I'm starting to notice more and more how my design self is bleeding over into my personal life. So the other day, I had a couple of friends over oh, as a couple as mine. You're saying so many things. We need to unpack this. We will we need to unpack this before you start telling us a story. I'm okay. really curious if Treasure feels like your presentation online is the same as itself. Well, I'm we're gonna like, get we're gonna okay. get there. We're gonna okay. get there. We're gonna get there. So and first it's we whole, have to all be lost. First we have to all ah. be lost to get there. You have to follow my train of thought to get how we're gonna get to today's lesson. Well, let me let me take some damn notes then so I can guess what the fuck I think you should do is take some damn notes like you in school. Cause you know what? Class is in session. Okay. So follow me if you will. Personal brand, built it. Got some questions about whether that is the real me or whether I set myself up to be that way and be perceived in that way. So it made me, I thought it was real me, you know, and it made me start thinking, am I losing grip with myself? And so I started to notice some, some forms of my designer self bleeding into like my personal self. So for instance, this past weekend, I was agreeing with one of my friends um, like in person and I said, oh yeah, plus one to that. So for all of y'all that know, like when you're in the Slack channels and stuff, like a lot of folks would just say like plus one if they agree to something. And so when I said that he looked at me, I looked at him looking at me and I said, what the fuck did I just say? Because that is not something that I would say outside of, you know, being at work and now I'm using it in my everyday sort of like vernacular. It made me start thinking, am I losing that separation of my work self and then myself outside of that, you know? So I wanted to bring that to y'all so we can have a giant conversation around whether or not you think it's possible to separate the designer you from the actual you. The one thing that is jumping out to me is the concept of a brand. And this is something I thought about a lot while we were in school. When we dig into a brand, it's so complex that it's almost like it has its own personality. And is it a person, you know, but it, it kind of is in a way, you know, like how that movie Joaquin, with Joaquin Phoenix, her, she was a voice, but she was a person. She has all these qualities, but so she was a real person that he was able to fall in love with. Yes, the AI that you're able to fall in love with. But okay, that AI is a perfect example of what I'm trying to say, though. Like when you're talking about your personality and creating a brand off of that, it's inherently going to be strategic. And I think that that's where, like, you, when you say, like, am I my work? Am I a designer? Or like, am I like my own person? Like, who am I at all times? Is it all just one melding together? And I think the short answer is that a brand has its limitations as far as representing a true whole person. Because there's so much diversity within you, like from emotion to emotion, what they see online and what you're going to put out there when you're being your best self, which you do push yourself to do often is because of a, like a, an inherently like, it's like a strategic way of making sure everyone knows and is meeting the same thing every time, something that you're mm -hmm. able to maintain and profit mm -hmm. off of.
mm-hmm. and they know they can come to you for X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's not you. That's that is a choice that you have made. That's a a grouping of qualities that you possess in a per, in, in a particular manner, like with garnishment, you know. And so that's you. Like it is you, but mm-hmm. it's also like parts of you, you know. So good that you picked up on a lot of that about like brand building and all this other stuff, um, because in the vein of my own sort of like personal experience, like grappling with okay, I've made this online brand for myself, but I know who I am. I somehow ended up watching the Paris Hilton documentary last night. Ooh. And essentially, like, the brand that she has allowed, the person she has allowed us to see is not actually who she is. Exactly. Right. And so she talks a lot about how, you know, even down to the voice and, you know, how I act and stuff like that has all been curated to be this person. But what she found is that after time, after time of not being separating the two of them, they have become synonymous. Yeah. So either the brand, so either her persona has become her, 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 she has became her persona, but she doesn't like, there's no clear line in between that. And the reason that I'm thinking about this more and more is as we're working from home, you know, the line between our work selves and our personal lives is becoming more and more blurred. Um, And it's sort of like highlight how this is all going, Microsoft actually just put out a new feature called the virtual commute. And essentially what it's supposed to do is for those who have used um, Microsoft Teams, it's a new feature to help you wind down and separate yourself from work. So at the end of the day, if you have this feature turned on, it brings up this dialogue and asks you, you know, which tasks did you complete? You have to move them to tomorrow. It has you rate your day. So say like, you know, this day was like a seven or whatever, and then has guided meditation to ease you out of work and into like your next sort of thing. Cause what they found is that people were often just, you know, moving from one thing to the next, you know, it's so easy to just close your laptop, go make dinner because you don't have to factor in that commute time. But a lot of times that commute time allowed you to like sort of shed your work self and then slowly ease into like, this is me outside of this, this is me outside of that. But I don't know, I feel like because we're all working from home and as designers, like a lot of designers like do not work, like are freelance and so they do not work from like an office or things like that. And where I start to think that maybe it's the end of our personal selves and we're all just gonna be like one big brain, you know, like one big thing and not have that division or not have those moments to like divide because you're always have to be this thing now. I think that honestly, I mean, your work self, your designer self, it, like SP said, it's just a, it is part of you. It's a part of who you are. So it's always going to be there. Um, but I do think it is important to be able to separate those two things and, 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 and draw a line of, a, a, I guess, like create a duality. Well, I guess it is a duality in the sense, like that is one part of you, but uh, I don't know how effective a Microsoft Teams thing will be, honestly. And and I say that just because of me. Like, I may maybe I'm not maybe I'm an edge case and I'm not going to be a user of it. But once I get off work, like it's literally like a I shut the door and and leave. Like within my own brain, it's just like all right, the workday is over. I'm done. And I try not to think about it. I try to you know step into 
another another side of me but which I guess is I'm always on go and I'm always busy so once I'm done being a designer here then I'm a freelancer here then I'm an entrepreneur there so I'm always wearing different hats and different like and different things so maybe it's just easier for me that way because I'm able to compartmentalize Mm -hmm. you're able to compartmentalize like those things but that makes me wonder like when are you not a designer then and if you're always like you know like you just said you know you go from work you're a designer you do your freelance you're a designer you like am entrepreneur you're a designer you're living your life as treasure you're a designer but you're never really shedding that designer thing so essentially you are always at work Well, I am always at work, but for other people, I do think I am like it. No matter like right now, this work for me. You know, uh, when I when I stop doing this and I go um, do the freelance stuff that I have to work on, I'm literally always at work. So I'm I'm not always a designer though. That's the thing. Sometimes I'm treasure the designer. Here I am treasure the host of of just us. When I when I go back into my freelance stuff, that is treasure the researcher. Then when I go into my entrepreneurial stuff, that is treasure the business. And like it, it has nothing to do with design. So it's like I am. It's like just thought theory. When you talk about design and you talk about parts of a whole, we all we all exist. We are a whole person, but there are parts of us that make up the whole person. So part of us is always going to be a designer. It's always going to be there. You don't have to shit it. It's not something that you have to turn off. It's not something that you have to get rid of at the end of the day because it's still something that you are. You know, when I was looking for my dog today, this girl said she liked how tiny it was. I said, oh, this one's tiny because it's my, that's my P2P flyer. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh, okay, I I get that. That makes sense. Like marketing. I was like, yeah. I was like, hmm. Well, low key, like I kind of do that too. She's like, really? I bet. I'm like, yeah. Um, but you know, Jeremy, I want to say, um, like, I kind of need a little bit of clarification on your question because I think, I think the fact that the identity is creative, it makes it hard to discuss creative jobs because you can, more creative people are working from home anyways, you know, or like this is their space, like they're comfortable, they can, they don't need other people to do it, blah, blah, blah. But when you're saying like, you don't know when to turn it off. Being creative is a mind, like a mind frame, just like Treasure, she has those different titles, but I probably know with certainty that she engages in conversations in a way that like I see as like her strength, you know, like in the way that she thinks and talks and like the way she like, like says, well, no, hmm, those aren't your competitors. Like those type of situations, she's, she's going to be that person in each one of them, you know, whether she's researching or designing or whatever. But I think for us as creative people, the thing that we get put on us a lot is the strategy of a personal brand. That if you're doing it and no one knows about it, you might as well not have done it. If you're not able to communicate it to somebody in like a certain way, then it's not really gonna be strong like as an impression. Like the idea of a personal brand is really about making things simple and quick for people to be like, oh, okay, everything I need is gonna be delivered through this. You know, and that is an advantage, like, to build up. But to build it up, you have to be living it all the time. 
You know, so when you go do things, you're like, oh, okay, I need to make sure I take this picture so that I can go and post on LinkedIn about this situation. Or I need to, if I'm going to this thing, like I need to make sure like I follow up with them on LinkedIn. You're not just going just to go. It's in conjunction mm-hmm. with other things. Mm-hmm. So I think at least for this conversation, like we are all designers, right? And so it's like, though other jobs may be able to distinguish between you know, for instance, I'm a doctor and I know when I'm a doctor because I'm at work and that like, that looks different. Like the lines between when like our design side is like turned off and turned on, turned off and turned on is like very blurred because it, because like you're saying, there isn't no clear distinction and you kind of like always have this creative mindset in, in all of it. But I think where all of this sort of like not frustrations, but this sort of like pressure to be a designer and to like feel like, okay, I have to have this personal brand. And like you're saying, I have to always be on. It starts to become like who you are. It's kind of like how I feel. Whereas like, I can't even appreciate things anymore sometimes because I'm like critiquing it or figuring out how to make it better. Like can't watch this show in this way because I'm noticing like the way it's cut weird. But it's not always negative. Like I wouldn't say, cause sometimes you're, in that mindset, you're thinking of opportunities too. It's not always like, I don't like this. It's like, hmm, like I'm taking a note. They do this, but it probably would be better if they did it this way. And the next time I see something or work on something like this, I will refer back to this moment. So so you're constantly cataloging information too. Yeah, but y'all don't ever get tired of it. Like get tired and just like, yeah like get tired of it other people get tired of me and just like yeah i do i get tired of it i'm sure people get tired of me i wish i could stop you know like i wish i could just turn this brain off and just enjoy this for what it is and not have these like thoughts that take me out of the element the worst is when you talk to people who aren't under who aren't like interested in it and it's just something that you would say naturally and then they're like what Oh, haha. Like, they're really not trying to hear about it. Like, damn, that's crazy. Like, they're not trying to hear about it. I talk about, like, not even having to turn it off. But for me, it kind of comes naturally. Um, I know that the people around me are not engaged in, in the, the same way I am. So I don't I don't talk about it with them. Instead, I, I find that, like, if I want to talk about design stuff, then I talk to my designer friends about it. But we're, like, creative friends. But other people like I just it never even crossed my mind to be like oh let me talk to this person you know how um Scott told us that we would never be able to watch tv again oh I feel like that's true like when I watch shows now I definitely pay more close attention to the videography Mm -hmm. And even like the micro animations on a commercial or just the way the commercial and story unfolds, I'm always like, like in critique mode of like, okay, let's see what they did here. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just constantly in like critique mode. Right. And, you know, I think that's, that's real good on you, Travis, that you can just say, I'm not going to say anything. Like you need to, you need to share some tips because I feel like even if I'm in a setting where people might not understand, I will still bring something up and still like, you know, try to like deconstruct it and like talk about it in a way where it's just like, 
some people might get it and everybody else would be like, Jim, just shut the fuck up. Like, where's this, <laughs> like, where's this even going right now? And you're like, you know, arms waving, flailing everywhere and talking about how this small, like, oh, no, it's how they put this small thing here to really draw attention to this. The thing is, I personally, I do talk about it a lot, but only because I think people do find it interesting. I think there are parts of design and branding and business that is very interesting to people. It's just that if you don't know, you don't know. And what's the use of having friends who are experts on something if they don't like drop some hot tea for you? Like Walter White, when he, like the chem teacher, became a meth maker. What does he make? Meth. Yeah, meth maker. Like what, what, what value does his knowledge of science come in if he can't every so often like do stuff? Like it's cool to have a little bit like of Intel knowledge or to just be like, oh, they did this for that reason or wow, yeah, that's the power of marketing. I think everyone on a level understands it. So it's easy to kind of like say certain things in situations that people are like, oh, wow, really? Okay. Like that's what Danielle be doing. (laughs) Right. So, okay. So let me ask y'all this. So since becoming a designer, how has that balance sort of shifted or how have you managed that balance in between, you know, finding that sweet spot where you are a designer versus just being like, you know, I'm just rolling with the punches. Cause I feel like I'm on the end where I can't do it. SP like finds, get some sort of orgasmic experience out of, you know, putting people on and try to just like, I can separate it, you know, whenever, like on, on command. <laughs> I've been a designer for a long time, since 2012. Um, um, so I've been doing this. So it's like, it just comes naturally for me to just be able to be like, all right, well, back to my normal everyday programming, you know, like, I think it, I think it comes with time, Jeremy. And I think that, I think that you'll be able to, to just like kind of disconnect, you know, if that's what you want to do. Um, but Jeremy, I don't think, I think that your personality, we all, we all have different personalities too. And your personality is very much so um, a creative type. So regardless if you were a designer or not, I think that you will still find joy in, in, in looking at different nuances of different things. So like television, if if the frame is crooked or the hand is shaking, you can be like, well, why the hell do they do that? You know, I think that's going to always be you because if that's just you as a person. Me, I'm a really, I don't really care about much. Like, I'm not going to say I don't really care about much, but I'm more of a nonchalant type person. Like, oh, okay. I, <laughs> And SP, she's really much so very like enthusiastic about a lot of things. And so the fact that she finds a, a lot of stuff, uh, such as like design, orgasmic, it just... It, okay, okay, hold on. You guys don't, let's not call it orgasmic. Let's not call it <laughs> orgasmic. I, I'm not that hype about it. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> Why are you going to repeat that word? This is not the word, listen... This is not gonna why, be the episode. Listen, why don't you want your brand to be hi? I'm Dan- I'm Danielle Scott Passick, a designer that's orgasmic. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> a designer that's orgasmic about combining the digital and physical spaces. I think that could be Honestly, a tag. That would work very well for me in my personal brand. I think 
like if we think about certain vocabulary words that I use, like that might, that fits in a non like dirty way. Like it fits. Okay. However, um, I'm not like that, that excited about it where I think about it all the time. It's just that I find it interesting. And what Treasure said is, is a valid point. I'm new to the game. So when I watch stuff, like I'm still trying to learn how things are put together and how things are done and like analyze the choices they make so that my choices be better. And I'm getting better at it. And I will say that that's the only thing to answer your initial question, Jeremy, that has like changed for me is I'm more able to describe what I'm talking about to people who don't know what I'm talking about mm. and able to like um, verbalize what I'm trying to say. Cause there are things that I always noticed, but I didn't have the vocabulary for, or like didn't understand the whole thing that was being done there. Okay. So you're saying because you have basically, you've always kind of had like an inkling of an interest, but now you're able to match up yeah, things you've noticed with actual words. And so you're like, oh, this is cool because I now know the context and I know exactly. what's happening. Exactly. And I also always have had ideas for like, first of all, ideas in general, like I'm very like generative, but um, like business ideas or like inventions, like little project ideas, like crafting like things like, um, you know, like bootlegging something mm -hmm. like I'm always like able to mm -hmm. use like stuff like so I always like to make things. I just didn't, I wasn't I didn't have the ability to make the things that I was thinking about. And now I'm kind of entering into a phase where I'm getting those abilities. So as I'm looking around, it's because I literally am just trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to get things done. Like, what do you think about that? Is that interesting? Like I try, I'm really often trying to grow my, my perspective okay. of design and people so that I can advance in my career. Okay, cool. So that- It doesn't make me orgasmic. I, I but, think it can be your brain girl. It might, I mean, I mean, what do they call it when you, makes me, like it makes me tick? Yeah, like. That, that's what makes me mm -hmm. tick. Yeah, I guess you're right. That sounds like orgasmic It too, literally though. is like orgasmic. You know how like when, when ever someone's giving you feedback or they say, oh, that's sexy or that's like a good idea and stuff like that. I think orgasmic fits into the vein, into the vein of things that we as creatives say they probably don't have no place don't have no business being in the workplace or like being sad about things like the way okay very enjoyable or exciting orgasmic. okay i was you know what okay that that's not weird are you gonna have this as your personal brand now no i can't <laughs> people won't understand <laughs> right, you'll start getting the same questions as me is is that your real self or is or is are you just like out here playing Maybe I just need like a stage name, like Lady O. What does the O stand for? Orgasmic. <laughs> Would that be on your business card? Anyway, that's going too far, and that's going too far into the weeds. So, treasure, if you're the one that's been the veteran around this block and everything. What are some tips that you can give us as new creatives, you know, new folks that are trying to, not even that, let me, let me backtrack a bit. 
because I was about to go to a place that ain't had no business going right now. But um, you said what? I was about to say, don't I, ask me no advice. I don't know. I've been, I've been, I just been doing it for a while. I don't really know if I have advice. I would just say like, I don't think I got no advice. But ask what you was gonna ask. <laughs> How you saying you got no advice, but then you start talking and then say, but I ain't got no advice. What what is the truth? What is the truth? I don't know. But, I, just, I don't know what you're about to ask me. <laughs> girl, okay. So going on from here, so as we were as we sort of like acknowledge already that sometimes when it comes to being, you know, designed or seeing ourselves in this light, there is no sort of way to turn it off because you kind of just, you know. If you like and interested in it, it is something that you naturally might do throughout the day or, you know, throughout your life or whatever. But do y'all think there ever exists, like, is there any source of outside pressure on being a designer in a certain way? So like always having to be on or always having to like present your work in this way or like always having to be your brand. Do y'all ever feel that pressure from anybody else or even like tell yourself that sp you're shaking your head yes. i'm shaking my head i've always actually had um a difficult time with that because i have no filter <laughs> so i had to learn how to not be myself in order to not put my foot in my mouth, you know, and I just, I think that it has made me a little self-conscious about being myself in most situations. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think that people want to be, you to be your real self at work. I've noticed that because I'm myself most of the time. In fact, like most people do realize I'm an authentic person, mm -hmm. but I, I, I do have to hold a lot back for real. I do. I have to be honest. I do just because I, I don't think that it, it would be necessary for me to share everything that goes on in my head because it is just a lot sometimes. So I think that the professional facade is something I have had difficulty embracing in the mm -hmm. past. Um, and I think the creative industry has been helpful for me because I think that people are a lot more laid back and they accept a lot more different types of personalities. And I had a hard time trying to learn to be fake for other people because that's what everyone else is doing. It, that really doesn't sit well with me. And I know that you can be an authentic person and people find ways to do it, but it, I was not, it was not easy for me to try to find a way to do that. And I'm still like trying to find balance there between what you should what you think you should be seeing from me, like respecting that. Okay, so now this even gets deeper. Does it? Yeah. So it what does. you're saying is you now have to not only have a brand for your aspirational creative self, but then have a brand for your work creative self, and then maybe have another two three brands outside of that, and then maybe have like where the hell is your is is your like core self at? That's the thing. So that's what, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you said what, Treasure? I think you're doing too much trying to please other people. 
people. I think that is exactly. Like, no, exactly. You're exactly right. And in fact, um, we were talking about this app. Um, I've I've been in a phase of opening up and really realizing that, um, like for instance, social media is a place where you know more people than you can truly know well. You know, the people, the things that you post online is all that people really get to see of mm -hmm. you. But that means that if you're not really showing like your full range of self, people don't really know you like that. People only know parts of you and people only know like certain sides. And I think since I've changed so much, I've grown so much, um, sometimes I don't really know how to speak to the audience that I have. It's not that I don't want to be myself because you guys know me. Like, right. like there's parts of me, I just can't hide, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't, oh, I don't always give that to everybody because I know a lot of people and they're also different. I don't think that everyone would understand and can handle it. And I think, and I say that even like racially, I say that like, just like different like attitudes and ideas that I have, different beliefs that I have. Like some people are very vocal about things mm -hmm. and I don't think that everyone should listen to or know or hear certain things about you because a lot of people are misinformed. A lot of people don't understand or there's a lot of stigma to a lot of things. So I keep a lot to myself for sure, for sure. That's why I talk about dogs so much. Cause that's a neutral topic everyone fucking loves their dog i, I mean I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing to like reserve pieces of yourself for just yourself i i had a long talk with my therapist one day about that because i was telling him this was maybe when i was first starting to sort of see that i had shifted into only being the designer myself and like everything I felt like I was doing was for design. And I told my therapist, I said, well, I don't even know who the fuck I, I am anymore. Because it seems just like I'm just doing this stuff because it's for like, you know, my professional gain or it's for my job or it's because I didn't do any of this. And I was like, I don't even have any likes now because all my likes have turned into like job stuff. And I was like really distraught because I was like, I don't know who myself is anymore. And his basic like, advice was to just like, you have to start reserving things as things that you only keep for Jeremy. And that stuff, like you don't tell anybody, you don't tell the people at work about it. You don't tell like your friends or things like, like that. And you just reserve those as like, these are your secrets, you enjoy that. And that's just it. And that sort of dividing it that way really allowed me to like see, finding some instances like, okay, this is actual Jeremy. This is what Jeremy likes to do. And it has nothing in relation to like design or anything. I I like that. And, and that could be a whole reason why I um, am able to compartmentalize and like remove myself so easily because I don't share anything with anybody. Like, especially like at work, like I, I don't go to work, make friends. Those are not my friends. Those are my coworkers. I'm there to uh, do a job. And once I leave that space, then I hang out with my friends. Then I am, you know, who I want to be that, you know, I'm not putting on like, I don't have to put on the face. I'm just my professional self where it's a self that still me, it's just not all of me. It's just a, a little, very small part of me. And I think that that's why it makes it so easy for me to like switch gears. 
Jeremy, you know um, how sometimes they say people are like a self-made like millionaire or whatever mm -hmm. it is. I think that I am making myself and making something that is going to be very unique. And I believe at one point in the future, I will be able to be sharing and, and like being congruent. Mm -hmm with my dealings with others professionally and like whatnot. I do think that that point is coming. I just don't think that all of the parts have been assembled yeah. yet. There's a few things that I think are still like in the works for me to be able to do that. And that, and that goes along with my work because my ability and skill level and my experiences as well, like they all need to kind of like get to a point where they can converge to where that is what I have to offer you, okay. you know? <clears throat> so this is a very abstract conversation. I wasn't expecting this, but um, I think like the way you present yourself is um, a very big like decision that people put on you. And I'm not very, um, like I can be very serious about some mm -hmm. things, but with regard to mm -hmm. like what people think I should be doing, I don't take that seriously. So. I mean, like, I think it is a big, like it's abstract but also grounded in a way because i don't know if everyone pays it i'm not gonna say i don't know if everyone pays enough attention to it i think it's something that i didn't think i would have to pay enough attention to it when you know i was coming up on it you know i like i didn't think i would have to you know decide how do i want to talk when i'm online like how do i want to write my case studies in a way that sounds like it's from like an authentic voice and and because like i didn't want like you're saying like sp like you didn't want to make those choices. So it's like, I just assumed that, okay, the way, best way to do my authentic self is to just be my authentic self. But then what I didn't realize is that slowly that became my one personal thing, you know? Or that became my like one brain, but it was myself in a way. And it's hard. I'm having trouble like explaining it. That's why I said it's abstract because we're talking about it from like a lot of, in, a, in the context of a lot of different situations. Yeah. Cause we have like our online self, our work self, our this self, our this self, our other self. So to sort of put some guardrails around it. When we're talking about our work selves and how we present ourselves at work, are there any things that y'all do to sort of craft that experience of yourselves? This is gonna sound fake as fuck, but I mean, I think it's what people kind of feel like they have to do. Hmm. Jeremy, unfortunately, because we're creatives and the whole side hustle thing and the opportunities, I the work self is also your personal stuff too. Cause stuff not related to work is gonna be mm -hmm. potentially work or connect one day. But when I'm at work, work, well, I really can't even speak to it because my last position was just so different. Mm -hmm. My last position was, I was able to be myself. You don't think that at your next position, you'll be able to be yourself? Um, I think I'll find a way to be myself. I just, I, I think that when you are initially like getting to know people, especially in a professional setting, the boundaries and the tone and the foot that it starts off on is very important. And I don't think that the, a level of familiarity could be there 
for me to, you know, like make my needs known or like, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. We all know I have ADHD, but I wouldn't want to tell my coworkers that and my employer employees that even though I'm very open about it. So do y'all remember when we were doing that exercise in class where we had to find our, um, what was it? Like we had to like tell our story and like tell about yourself. And everybody had these wild stories and that there. And some people like leaned into these parts of their selves where we were like, hmm, maybe you don't want to die. I don't know if you were in our section. I think it was me and Treasure, but we were like. In the barrel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were yeah, we were doing that activity and somebody, you know, leaned into somebody leaned into an area. We were like, I wouldn't like to tell your job that because it might come off as a little like they might they might judge you off of that, you know. And their comment was, Well, if I can't bring that, you know, piece of myself to my job, then I don't want to be there. And I was like, huh. Like I wish I wish it was that simple. <laughs> in my section, when I told Cowder that I went on an ayahuasca retreat, he said, oh, there's something there. I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't say that to people the first time I meet them. They're going to think I'm crazy. This conversation just went places. Because I said ayahuasca? No, no, no. I mean, ayahuasca will take you places, but like, I mean, no, like when I was, you know, even like thinking back to it, I was thinking about myself as a brand so linearly, linearly, linearly that I forgot about all these, all these ways that we sort of like switch contexts unknowingly. Hmm. And it's like, even without such careful curation, we just are kind of like automatically like, falling out of this self and into this one and then this one and this one and then this one and this one. I have a question for you both. So what do you find is the most important things that people know about you? Like with regards like your personal brand or like if you're trying to make an impression, like what are those things that like are, are part of your brand that you know you have to include or like it's just part of you Mm, that's a good question i wouldn't necessarily say this is a part of my brand but in order for me to uh, be able to work with people effectively i kind of need uh and this is weird in the in the creative in a creative field and like in a collaborative space but I need to be able to work alone I don't always I don't always want to be in a room with a team um and I think that's something that's so important for people to know because when you are when you talk about like working working across teams it's like sometimes some people need to collaborate as much as possible um and it kind of leaves out space for for people like me who's a who's like I'm an extreme introvert especially when I'm around people that I don't know. Um, so like me transitioning right now into my new job, like it's hard because I'm, I'm extremely introverted. I don't really like getting to know new people. It's something that I like to do. It's just something that I, I do because I have to. Um, but I, sometimes I like to be alone and that's something that 
people need to know and, and two that I'm introverted as, as hell. Hmm. Is there something that you say like straight up? Like, have you ever been that honest with like an employer or people that you're working with? They're like, hey, look, y'all, I'm going to need space and I'm going to need time alone to work effectively. And then if you have, what has been that sort of like feedback? Um, we, we do a thing called a leap and it's basically for us to get to know each other and all our teammates. And we put like our pet peeves and things we, we don't like and things that we, you know, need in order to be successful. And so I put that, you know, I'm an introvert. Sometimes it takes me a, a bit to get used to people and get comfortable with people, but I also need time to be alone and not always in the meeting. Um, and other people put that too. So I, I felt like, you know, acceptable. So it was like, it was well received. I got the job. I'm doing well, I think. <laughs> um, so it was well received. It's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of times in the, in this field, it, like, it seems like it's groomed, it's groomed for extroverts. And just, you always, you always want to work together and like, you always going to be excitable and like all this other stuff that screams like extroverted people and i don't think that's always the case for sure our whole society prizes extroversion the people who are extroverted are always seen as like you know charming and like hey and that guy like like that is something that is shown all the time and a lot of people who are introverted like feel like self-conscious about it at times because it's like i'm always being put in situations that maybe i'm not like really feeling right now like and it's so easy for that person like, I've seen a lot online actually about introverted people and like this clash between like extroversion and introversion I mean it's, it's a real thing and I don't think anything I don't think no one ever really combats combats it as well and sort of like speaks up or is honest with us like no we work just as well and like be it takes two to tango you know for every extrovert there has to be the other introvert side because if it was just extroverts everywhere, the world would be like in chaos. Like there has to be some sort of like yin and yang yeah. sort of moment to it all. Um, but going back to what you were saying about what is something that, you know, we will want people to know or like something that's, that's consistent with all of our brands. Um, I think something that I, my, my manager now had me fill out a, like a, essentially like a read me Bible. That was basically like me talk, be reflecting on who I am, like what I need as a person um, in order to like be effective. And I think something that always sort of like reigned true was like my competitive nature mm. is something that is in everything that I do. Like no, no, regardless of what it is, I'm always going to have this sort of like competitive spirit with it. And then if I'm not doing well, I'm very de demotivated by it. Hmm. And that is something I have to like check every once and again. And I have to remind myself that Jeremy and I was going to be the best and I was going to win. And that doesn't mean it has to demotivate you at all. It doesn't mean you're doing bad at something. It just means that maybe you, this is the opportunity for like you to grow and you to sort of, you know, understand this more and more and more. So that's something I've been looking into a lot and to try to like unpack why this part of me exists. I think it's because I have five young brothers, y'all, and that's why I'm just like, oh, the competitive. But it comes out on like 
really strange ways. Um, do y'all ever notice that? Honestly, I wouldn't mind having a whole show about competition and competitiveness. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with that one, especially with our industry and like self-development and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like competition is real, like second seconding the fact that you say in this industry, yeah, competition like is. Yeah, it was crazy because I actually used to never consider myself competitive at all, but then I realized that I actually am. It's just like in a different way than I thought. Um, but Jeremy, I would say like, did you say like, did, did we, do we see that in you? I didn't realize at first that you were, but I, I do see it now and I understand like what you, what you're talking about. So you do see it now. I see it now that I know who you are and I'm able to recognize what things I saw later Mm -hmm. and such. Hmm. You know, one thing, um, just like circle back real quick to what Treasures was saying about being introverted. Um, I had a little memory as she was talking, um, when Treasure and I first met, Treasure actually was the initiator. And she came up to me and was like, hi, like I'm Treasure, I just wanted to like greet you and like let you know it's good to meet you. And um, I was like, actually, I was actually pretty caught off guard. Um, I think maybe I was doing something and then like you were there and you were like, oh, okay, hey. And I felt bad because I felt I wasn't friendly Mm -hmm. enough because then you walked away and sat down. But I realized now that you're introverted. So that was a lot for you to like come up to me, like, and like say like, oh, hey, I just wanted to put a face to the name, you know, which is a normal thing that I would do. But in that moment, the roles reversed, which must mean it was meant to be. But do you know, whenever Charger says she's introverted, I always like get this smirk because I'm just like, Girl, I don't, I don't ever see like I like I see that Treasure can be quiet and Treasure can be reserved, but I never sort of read that as like introversion. I always just read it as just like that's just how she's doing it at the moment. I would use the word reserved as well. I, I don't know. I don't. I, when I tell y'all, I don't like. I don't like strangers. Once I get to know y'all. That's a different, that's a different ball game. So I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say I'm an introvert. I'm gonna say I'm an ambivert. Um, when I first meet people, it's always like, um, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. And I'm not really interested in um interested in knowing. But SP, we, the situation with you, we have been talking online. You even invited me to live in your house. So that was different. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely different. Yeah, but it was still the first speaking. It was the first in person. I feel like the first time I met Treasure, we sat beside each other in class. And I don't even know if we said anything to each other, but I just think we were just laughing. And I think, I don't even know who said the first thing. It probably might have been me. But I don't don't know. I just never got this read. Maybe, Maybe it's because our personality is like, mesh and we like fill each other's holes and not in the nasty way but just like and <laughs> <laughs> you know you saying that makes it sound nasty because it would have just made sense <laughs> oh my God. people already think you people already think you my man because you're gonna post talk, talk about some my old lady <laughs> 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 This is this is my friend. This is not my man. I don't know what y'all 
and then proceeds to post a picture of some other old lady who I say I embody. I hope they didn't think I was your man after seeing all of that. Anyway, to wrap up this conversation on work balance and branding and everything like that, I think the final question is, do you think there truly is a such thing as work-life balance and finding a balance between all of the brands that you sort of have built for yourself and identities you fall into? Or do you think it's, in some regards, I think it's just an aspirational thing that we're all sort of like fighting for, like balance. But I don't know, or I'm not convinced that it's achievable. I think it's very possible, but I don't think it looks like what you think it looks like. And I don't think that most people have what it takes to make it happen. Ooh, elaborate. Um, just in general, who we are as people, like spiritually, I think that our priorities are off and that it takes a toll on us mentally and spiritually. And I think that that whole, like the idea of a brand, an idea of like success, like can often compete with your true like inherent needs. And we've been conditioned to want and expect certain things, you know, like our idea of what is like, success or his power or you know has been very skewed by a lot of things so people will find like you know the people who randomly go quit their job and are like now I train dolphins and I've never been happier you know like where did that come from mm -hmm. but that's something that truly fills them up I don't think enough people start off looking to really be filled up by something I think with creatives is pop like is probably more possible but oftentimes then the desire for success within that thing that builds them up can overshadow their enjoyment of it, you know, like and their true like desire to just be happy. And it can become quickly about so many other things. And then you, it's a train that rolls and then, you know, it's just in life happens and then people get scared to make changes. I don't, I don't think that it's very easy to live the life you want all the time because it means giving up things that you think you're supposed to want or like that people want for you and that's why i say not everyone can do it so you're saying that balance is a trade-off yeah well yeah and the trade-off is you have to release other people's expectations of you that's that's what i'm saying is too hard to to do for some people but there's also a lot of insecurity wrapped up in that everything like with money and your job or your, your success or whatever it can be um like those ideas are formed very young and sometimes they're formed out of trauma like i remember when we didn't have money for this or i remember when you know i said to myself i would never or i would always and then that becomes part of why you do the things you do the way you do and why your mm -hmm. job means what it means or your work means what it means and it is part of you yes but sometimes we don't stop and reevaluate and update that narrative. And that's why I say, like, it's possible. It just probably doesn't look like what you think it looks like. Right. Do you have any idea about what you think it looks like? Um, like, if, if there was a true balance and harmony in your life, and you were able to, you know, juggle all this context switching, you were able to have the you know personal brand you know like the life that you wanted and be able to sort of like 
move through those however you please like what do you think that would look like i think it would look someone like oprah winfrey okay um not because she's so wildly successful which she is Mm -hmm. but mostly because um what she does with her work in her life is her true genuine interest and her true genuine talents and it's something that we can understand and connect to which also fills her up like she's a connections driven person you know she's very like interested in spiritual things or like people community like positive type stuff so for her like her personal brand is that but that's her truth as well so she's making money off of her truth because of the gifts she has of talking with people and doing stuff like that Mm -hmm. so like i think that's balance there because she has the ability to do what she wants to do okay so i have another question coming off of that but treasure what about you to the first part of the question do you think there's truly ever balance oh do i think there's truly ever balance i i kind of agree with sp i think that it's achievable um uh, aren't going to put the work in to find that balance. Um, like I wish I, I wish I could be the person that I am on this podcast in the meeting at work. I wish I could be this person. I'm trying. I'm working really hard at it. But like SP said, it's like it's spiritually draining too. Because like you, you have these certain insecurities that people aren't going to accept you for who you are, and people mm-hmm. are going to look at you differently. Um, because you talk a different way, maybe, maybe you use um, slang in, in a way that they don't understand. So now they're gonna look at you right. like, I don't, I, I don't relate to her. I don't understand her. I don't get. Her. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think balance can be found or balance can be had, but it, it's gonna, it's gonna take work. Mm-hmm. The idea of balance sounds like it's wrapped up in. Something SP said the other day, I think she posted on Instagram or something like that, where she was just like, a lot of things that we have put in society as structures is made up. And like someone made it up some time ago. I'm not even gonna get her started on this because she can go off on the brain and we don't have all the time in the world because student <laughs> student gonna shut us down. But it, you know, it made me think that a lot of this idea between like branding and professional self and all this other stuff is something that some person made they were probably privileged and probably white made some if i had to guess some time ago about this idea of work-life balance a lot of people have been saying lately that professionalism is just white supremacy i mean it's probably coded for that as well and it's like sometimes i feel like we're trying to fit into this box of like achieving this balance or achieving this professionalism or however it is but that maybe is not the way that it has to be and i and i get what y'all are saying is where like there could be a, another goal that we aspire to be toward and maybe that's where you know you have a life where it is imbalanced and that's okay because you are content with what you're doing and like how you're moving to you know through those spaces and how you're you know showing up is whether that is your authentic self or whether we're just really smart and able to just adapt the situation and pull different pieces of ourselves whenever we need it to be, you know? Like, just because the brand that I put online is 
an extension of myself does not mean it is not represent is not representative representative i didn't say that word right y'all know what i mean representative of my actual self you know it might just be me cranked up 10 inches or 10 notches but something different like that i love people they're also fake as fuck they're wonderful and they also suck <laughs> so it's hard to plan it's hard to design for that you know <laughs> you know it's really hard to design for humans with the whole idea of perception is something that is a human nature thing but it's inherently flawed you know, like just because something looks like doesn't always, you know, people always judge a book right. by its cover because we need categories. We need yeah. boxes. And that's how our brains work. It's not necessarily um, a flaw, a flaw or a fault in people. It's just how we are. So it is regard to like figuring out how to show yourself. I think it requires that or there's an inherent tension around like, like faking, you know, or like doing things for others like is a self-consciousness amongst yourself in the context of society and those mm -hmm. around you. Well, we're constantly playing and viewing and seeing that every day. You know, you might follow somebody just because they have a certain number of followers. Oh, that must mean it's good. You know, like they must got a lot of stuff. They got this many, you know, and you will. Or you may not give someone a date because they look a certain way, but they could be awesome, cool, you know, like y'all could be like a match made in heaven. But yeah, it's just one of those things we have, we have to, as we get older, make decisions on how we want to approach those things and how much value we want to put into things. And um, I think for people, it happens at different times. You have realizations like, oh, life is too short, you know, or I'm done with this. I don't have, I don't have it in me to keep faking this, you know, or like, you know, like, okay, like, I want to wear a crop top. Like a lot of people don't think I should wear leggings with a crop top, but I want to, and I think it's cute. And I'm just not going to let this stop me because then I'll never get to wear them because people are always going to think that I shouldn't be wearing right. a crop top. You know, I right. can't let that dictate my life. Well, to y'all, I hope that we can express the selves that we want to be, you know, to each other so that we can help each other like achieve that so i don't i don't know if we can always do it in like silos but i do think it is helpful when you know someone's trying to like work on their body image for instance or like i'm trying to work on being more extroverted and you know you might need some support or whatever right. to sort of like balance you out and help draw you out to those experiences so now i feel like i mean i already knew y'all but now i know y'all just a, a little bit better i know this podcast keeps getting better and better because like even as you say it, even every time we talk about it, like even our last meeting, I, I left so like excited. You guys saw I was like like spam posting all over Instagram like about the mm -hmm. podcast. But I was just excited. I was like proud of the work you brought. Like, and then I think that it is uh, happening for a reason. You know, even from like this weekend, one of our listeners like gave me a call and we <laughs> talked about like professional things. And the same thing happened with you, Treasure. You know, like is in we are sitting here talking about developing ourselves and i think the rapport we've built amongst ourselves is like a good vehicle and a good agent 
for all of those things to come together you know like when we even even when we have disagreements like like those are times when like I have felt like oh my god like triggered and then something always happens to make me realize that like wow they really have my back like this is like like genuine it's not like a you know, it's not, this is not a competition. This is a very safe space. And I think that that has been a good thing for me. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. glad for the opportunity for it to really come together and be a thing as I've been trying to open up more in my life. You know, and this is like, obviously I can talk all day, but as we get deeper into it, we're having to talk about real things. You know, we're having to talk about like my actual opinion that I have to stand behind and be willing mm-hmm. to share around, you know? <laughs> so right. it, it's been a wonderful journey so far well girl i'm glad this is helping you in your journey of finding your in, uh, developing different forms of your personal brand and mm-hmm. giving that sort of validation <laughs> that you need <laughs> and me and treasure are just on this ride <laughs> <laughs> no no it's helping me honestly like the more and more i talk and be able to like articulate what I'm trying to say, and each you know each week we, we talk on different topics I just think that that builds my personal brand that builds me you know that builds my first of all the, the amount of stuff that I'm able to consume and then like really think about and be able to put out like thoughtful messages into the world I think that's always been a goal of mine so in the podcast is letting me do that well I think on that note that wraps up this conversation on personal branding and my own dilemma with whether I was losing touch with my authentic self, which thanks to y'all, I'm realizing that I am not out of touch. <laughs> I had just been, you know, diving on the deep and on a couple of things. Just having had a all over the place, but well necessary breather conversation of, you know, building your personal self, your personal brand, and how do you balance all of the two? But to close out, we're always going to you know, bring it back to the community, which is where we just, you know, give y'all a little update of the things that are going on in our neck of the woods and around it and around the design space. Well, my community is the Adobe Max Conference. It's coming up. If you have an Adobe Creative Cloud subscription, you can go free. It's from October 20th to 22nd. And there is over like 350 talks you can partake in. Anything from like UX from beginners all the way to how are we gonna build new spaces and um, what's the role that like identity plays into like design work. So there's a whole bunch of different like layers and cool talks. If you're interested and wanted something, check it out. You can go to the Adobe Max website, register if you have the Creative Cloud account. I don't know what you do if you don't have that, but we all probably have it, or you probably know somebody who has it, so that's good. Um, the other pieces of community that I would like to share, so as part of Hispanic Heritage Month, I wanted to put y'all on to some Hispanic creators, some people that have created some stuff that y'all may not have knew about. So did y'all know the creator of the Beauty Blender, Rhea and Silva, is the creator of the Beauty Blender. Hmm. So for Hispanic Heritage Month, we would like to congratulate her because without the Beauty Blender, I don't know how a lot of people will put on makeup so evenly. I really don't know how Beauty Blender work, to be <laughs> honest with y'all. So I could be all out of context with that. Beauty Blenders were a game changer um, 
for foundation application and concealer application. Um, everybody uses them now. Everybody is making some kind of form of beauty. Blend. So shout out to her for like um, setting setting the tone in in I guess innovating in uh, an area that a lot of people aren't trying to innovate. Literally setting oh, the tone. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> So yes, kudos to that. Um, I think I, I ran across that. So that's really interesting. I thought beauty blenders have been around for a long time, but they're like recent inventions. I feel like they definitely didn't look like they used to, because I've seen like like different things like that. People used to always apply their concealer with like foam type thing. So I think people have always used like the material, but not quite like that. The shape, the form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one is. Guillermo Gonzalez, Gonzalez, who is the creator of the Color TV. Uh, without Guillermo Gonzalez, we would not be watching TV in color. So let's put that into perspective. We would probably still be listening to radios or like black and white TV. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that was that was a game changer too. He, he oh, never mind. I, I was about to get deep into questions on his invention, but never mind. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I feel like we always, you know, in school and all this stuff, learn about a select few people who have made things, but really, like, it's people like this who have, like, helped transform our lives in different ways. And I feel like they go hidden a lot of the time. I'm so mad to invent something that everyone had, and nobody knew that I made it. Mm -hmm. My pride, I could not. I would be so mad. But these people be, I don't know, I, that's just me saying they're, they're humble. They might be pissed off too, but they might just be rolling in their buckets of money. I mean, yeah, in silence and keeping it moving. Um, but SP, you said you had some community too? I do. I forgot, actually. I found something this week. Um, apparently, the Smithsonian has opened up access to their archive of images. So, like, right now, you can kind of go in and download and reuse all of these without even asking. So, like, like it's like millions of 2D and 3D items from their collection. They're like constantly adding more stuff to it. Like the data from like 19 museums, nine research centers, libraries, archives, and the zoo. So the creatives in us can have some interesting things to work with. Like if that tickles your fancy, I thought that was kind of cool though. I guess that's what their response is to not being able to let people in the museums. Hmm. I like that. I've been itching to go back. I've seen people back in the museum, so you know what? I might have to make a stop or two at least. Museums is something I have not done recently. I feel like a museum is a very leisurely thing. And I have to go at a time when I'm not stressed about other things so that I can go and read all the placards, you know? And I haven't really had like that leisure time in recent times. I haven't gone to many museums, hmm. but I'd like to. I enjoy museums. Well, maybe this is your chance. You know what? You're right. I'll go see if the Edgar Allan Poe Museum's open, because I've lived here for several years and not been. All right. So, as always, to close out the show, I think that wraps up our community that we have this week. But as always, to wrap up the show, did we have a word of the episode? I have one, but I want to know what y'all, if y'all have another one first before I say mine. 
We already know what yours is. No, you don't. Oh, okay. You said, nah, nah. Do you have a word? I feel like you're about to say orgasmic. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we said it know. far too many times. <laughs> far too many times. And maybe it wouldn't have happened if, if I would have let it go after, <laughs> after you. But we said it far too many times. Yes, the vocab word of the day is orgasmic. Which I like. Enjoyable, exciting, very me. I'm with it. There we go. There we go. That's All right. Who wants orgasmic Danielle? Or Danielle, the orgasmic designer. I think there's a brand there. I think there's a nugget. OD. <laughs> there is the OD Danielle. She's OD. A tag. Look, a tag and a brand all in one. Okay. Let's get into that. But does anybody want to close out the show today? Yes. Everyone okay. join hands in prayer and we will. Shanana. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but it was Treasure's birthday this week, which is worth mentioning before yes, we sign off. Is. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at justus.podcast and subscribe to our show in your favorite music streaming platform and get instant notifications each time we release new episodes. That was really nice. Now I'm, gonna, right there, right? now, now I'm gonna recruit y'all every single week because now I know, see, this is what's it. Y'all were trying to be sneaky. We weren't and trying to be sneaky, Jeremy, you could always do it. No, so y'all, were trying to be, y'all were trying to be sneaky and then be like, oh yeah, I don't know. But now SP just came out killing it. And so now I think she can do it every week. <laughs> we didn't say bye, we didn't say bye. We didn't say bye every week. Okay, say bye right here. I'll put it right there. Every every week, you try to tell us that we hold off on leaving. Every yeah, and that's why I said what I said, and that was cut. But now this now this week was you holding us on. No, all of this. I in my mind, the show is done. We didn't say bye. We're gonna say it right now and put it right there. I just want to say the tail was upturned. All right, y'all. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.